Hello and welcome back to Fast Charge. I'm your host, Don Preston, and I'm joined this week by the usual dream team of Lewis and Toddy and our special guest, hey. Chris. Uh, we have another busy show for you this week. We are right in fun season, which is fun. Things keep actually getting announced. So this week we had two or three, depending on how you count it, Samsung phones in the Galaxy A52 and A72 series. These launched this Monday. So we're going to run through what's been announced and what we think of those. Chris is then going to give us his thoughts on the Xiaomi Redmi Note 10 Pro, uh, the Pro model specifically, which he's been testing for a week and looks like it could be one of, if not the best sort of upper budget, lower mid-range phones of 2021 so far, at least. Uh, it's a real winner. And then finally, we are going to turn to the questions of launches and leaks. Because that Samsung launch I mentioned, everything got leaked. We've got the OnePlus launch next week. Everything's been leaked. And then next week was also rumored for a while to be an Apple event, which has turned out to not be the case. And it looks like Apple might be purposefully messing with the leakers on that. So we're going to look at what that means, how these different companies are handling leaks, how that affects launch events, and whether it just means the launch event as a concept is kind of a bit dead in the water or at least changed forever. Before that, a few quick bits of news to round up. Uh, first up, good news for Xiaomi fans. The company has been temporarily lifted from the uh, US, I think it's called the Communist Military Companies list. Uh, you might remember a while ago they got put on this sort of backlist. It's a slightly different treatment to what Huawei's had, but essentially it was the US government. It was one of Trump's final acts in office, essentially declaring that Xiaomi was intricately tied with the uh, Communist Party and military. Uh, but a US judge has temporarily lifted that, saying that there's basically no real reason to think that, and it will cause irreparable harm to the company's trading prospects in the US. Uh, that is still ongoing, though. It just means for now, US investors don't need to worry about pulling any investment out, which would have been the case otherwise. On more concrete phone news, uh, it looks increasingly likely that next week is going to see the launch of the Motorola Moto G100. If you've been watching or listening to the show so far, you will know that is almost certainly the Moto Edge S that launched in China, but it's going to be launched globally as the G100. Uh, Motorola hasn't confirmed any of this yet, but there's been like a leaked launch invite. There's been leaked renders of the G100 where it looks exactly the same as the Edge S. Uh, it's impossible to imagine it is not the case that we're about to see this Snapdragon 870 phone turn up with a different name. Uh, next up, not on phones, uh, Google announced this week the new uh, sort of second generation Google Nest Hub. Um, Chris, you kind of covered this more than me, so you know better than me. The main headline here is it, Google wants to watch you sleep. <laughs> watch is not the best word because it doesn't have a camera. So it doesn't, yeah, it doesn't have a camera like the Nest Hub Max. This is a, a slightly upgraded version of the smaller Nest Hub. Um, so same size screen and stuff pretty much looks the same, slightly better audio, but the Solly radar sensor from the Pixel 4 phones has been put in just above the screen and that can yeah watch your movement and breathing mm. uh, while you sleep to track your sleep. Um, and then it also uses the microphones and it now has a temperature sensor to monitor your environment as well. Right. So it's like and this is the same Solly radar tech that was so good that they took it out for the Pixel Five <laughs> and never they, used it again. They found, a, what, what? they found a different use for it. <laughs> <laughs> what I'm hearing is instead of it watching you sleep, Google's put a bat in your bedroom that will watch you sleep <laughs> yeah. instead. Yeah, uh, that's, yeah, that's, that's basically it. I'm I'm not convinced, but if I mean if if it works as a sleep tracking tech, that's pretty cool. Um, back on actual, actual phones. Um, bad news for Samsung fans after the good news for Xiaomi fans. Uh, Samsung has all but confirmed that we are not going to see the Note 21 this year. Uh, weirdly, though, this isn't the long-expected confirmation that the Note line is dead. And weirdly, for a while, we thought the Note line might die, but there was debate about whether we'd get one final Note phone this year. Now, in an investor's call, they said we won't see a Note phone this year because of chip shortages but they are committed to the Note line and we probably will see a Note phone again. 
I mean, that <laughs> might be nonsense. Like... <laughs> I don't know, but <laughs> I don't, it wasn't even the chip thing. He just said something about it being streamlined, and it might be difficult to launch two flagships this year. But it seemed a bit like I think what that do you was mean within just the context of a conversation about mm. chip shortages. But I admit okay. I haven't listened to the call myself; just seen reports of it. Um, but there is that. I'm feeling like chip they're going to go go hard on on the note uh the plus points of a note next year then so we'll get like a seven inch mm-hmm. note device um that is ridiculous in any other form other than like being considered a note device whilst you know if the galaxy s series continues to have s pen support and stuff like that that will then cater to what the note has been doing that's the only way i can see it going like it leaning harder yeah. into the already existing note plus essentially points. just doing a note ultra type device and not bother with the small yeah ones. i don't know I mean, they didn't bother last year. Uh, we shall see. But yeah, uh, no Note 21, basically. Um, and then finally, OnePlus. We're going to come back to OnePlus later on to talk about the the launch in a little more detail. But there are some big bits of information that they've released this week. They've teased loads of stuff about the 9 series. We've seen photos of the 9 and the 9 Pro. Today, they talked about charging speed, 65-watt wired, 50-watt wireless on the Pro and even uh, 15 watt wireless on the regular nine. Uh, the two things I want to highlight right now are uh, they have confirmed, confirmed, confirmed that the OnePlus watch is being launched at the same event as the nine series. <laughs> we expected that, but now we know there is a watch coming. And interestingly, it won't run Wear OS. So if you were expecting a Wear OS device, nope. Uh, the second interesting tidbit from today, the cheaper third phone is the 9R. Uh, Pete Lau confirmed that to an indie publication but it looks likely to be an Indian exclusive because the phrasing is specifically, we're launching the 9R in India with no mention of other markets, no mention of anything else. They called it a phone for India. So it looks very likely this cheaper third device might only be for India. So if you're in the rest of the world and you are holding out hope, uh, you probably have to wait for the Nord 2. Okay, with that, let's get back to the show proper. First up, we are going to talk all things Samsung. So uh, I'm going to turn to Toddy on this, uh, who covered this properly. But on Tuesday, I want to say, Samsung held a, I think they called it the Galaxy Awesome Unpacked <laughs> event. Yeah. So there are, it was it was Wednesday. It was oh, yesterday. Wednesday, it was their, their regular Galaxy Unpacked events are, you know, they used to be live streams. Now they're pre-recorded, but they are effectively those kind of launch platforms. This is the first time they've like messed with the name. Uh, they've used awesome in the galaxy a series marketing for a little while not just this yeah. year but it's definitely come to the fore this year and the whole tone of the event is you know they're i mean it's when a big corporate entity tries to lean really hard into like youth branding and it just lands a bit wibbly like I, it was they kept using the word squad like you know hook up with you and your squad to like share music with each other or stream send fun snapchat based pictures and it just oh, man, it, was, was it, it was a bit crazy but yes was it set in a skate park and they were like popping wheelies on bmx's <laughs> you know like when they cut to like b-roll of, of not necessarily people using their devices but just people doing stuff it was definitely like everyone's wearing very bright poppy colors and everyone was skating or like leaning on a rail <laughs> by a river or by a bridge. And, or, you know, there was no, there was no, no suits anywhere in any of the, the imagery that was happening. It was all very much youth branded stuff, which makes sense. That's what the A series has been about. Um, and the reason we've already had some A series devices at the end of last year and this year for this generation, uh, I think the A42 5G was one of the first. Um, and we now have the A32, which is already kind of announced uh and then yesterday was the a52 a52 5g and a72 but no 5g um this event i think was aimed mainly at the european market um the phones aren't on sale in samsung's us site uh from what i could see um so we might see different SKUs of which do and don't have 5g for instance in the uk we're not getting the 4g version of the a52 so we're getting just the a52 5g that's the only 5g phone they, they mentioned yesterday and then the a72 which is basically the same as the 4g <laughs> a52 um with a larger screen 6.7 versus 6.5 inches and uh, a big battery obviously and a slightly different camera setup um beyond that yeah the main hook is that the the 5g version is the most powerful uh, and that's not just because it's 5g but it actually has a different chip to the other two phones uh 750g snapdragon versus the 720g 
Um, that also means that it can have a higher refresh rate display. So you get a nice AMOLED screen across all three 90 hertz on the standard 4G phones and 120 hertz on the 5G model. Um, and then the camera setup is they all have a quad camera setup led by a 64 meg sensor with OIS, which is pretty good for the kind of price point we're hitting here. Um, uh, with the exception of the A72, the both 52s then have a 12 meg ultra wide, 12, uh, 5 meg macro and a 5 meg depth on the back and a 32 meg front camera while the 72 swaps out that depth sensor for a an 8 meg three times telephoto with os which is pretty cool i kind of wish that was on the 52 5g that over a 5 meg depth i always kind of don't see a lot of value in depth sensors because most of the time software can do a good enough job nowadays that you don't need a secondary sensor and if they already have three other sensors on the back of the phone i don't understand why they need a fifth depth a fourth depth sensor whatever these are i mean so yeah that's the main crux of it these are mid-range devices right did did they talk pricing yeah like the the if, if you don't know the higher the number it's both a size of device thing and also reflects the kind of price increase so you know the a90 5g from uh, i think a couple of years back now was reaching towards flagship pricing it wasn't quite there but it was getting that way whereas the a10 was like you know absolute bargain basement budget 100 under 200 pounds um so the pricing is it's pretty good so for instance in the uk the a52 5g i think it's 399 um the 5g a51 from last year was 100 pounds more than the non-5g version so the gap is smaller this year, just like we saw with the S21 range, the 5G versus 4G version, like the price difference is a lot smaller. So yeah, you're paying £400 for the 5G A52 and then I think it's £419 for the A72, but obviously that doesn't have 5G. Oh, that's pretty aggressive on the A72. I mean, that kind of puts the, the 4G-ness of that phone into a better context, I guess, because otherwise you would start yeah. to look at that and worry given the larger device and everything you'd start to be putting its spec sheet up against say the s20 fe and worrying sure. about which one makes more sense um yeah going by the chipset i can't remember the pricing but the 720g which is in the a52 and 72 4g mm-hmm. is um also in phones like the realme 7 yeah. series um so that i'd say is their main competition um and in the camera department they might have them licked the user experience department they probably do as well these are also i think uh among the first few a series phones to use the latest one ui 3.1 atop android 11 so samsung's latest user experience has been updated uh we saw some of these features in the s range already this year but there are a few exclusives or trickle downs so music share is now a cool thing that you can do um, which i don't know if there's been on the a series before where someone else is already paired to a bluetooth speaker you can just throw your music to their phone and it kind of bunny hops which is cool uh and then another thing which is exclusive to the a series this year which we don't see on the s range even is fun mode (laughs) which is uh a snapchat co-developed camera system uh, camera mode built into the native camera app on these devices Uh, and it just adds in kind of the kind of ar experiences you might be familiar with on snapchat already but built into the samsung camera app which is cool wait to try out fun mode with my squad (laughs) (laughs) yeah all your buds on snapchat i'll see you at the skate park in 10 minutes (laughs) (laughs) once i've just hung out by the river yeah i'll head on over uh, it is worth highlighting one thing I want to uh, say about these phones, because I think I talked about it back when the A32 first got announced, um, mm. is the design. I really, really, really like the design they've gone for, which is this sort of solid yeah. color on the rear where the camera the camera module itself is the same color as the rest of the phone's back, and it's just the lenses that pop out. So there's not this sort of black brick of a camera module um, and this range of it's sort a, passive It's shows. a nice evolution but yeah, there's four colors that are the same across all mm. of the devices announced yesterday. It might be the same on the A32. The cool thing is because they all have the same number of cameras, the A32 looks the same, but without the yeah. bump. So the layout is the identical. And you can see like the form is almost evolving across the different yeah. sizes. So the 52 then has a bump in the A72 is just bigger. Um, so yeah, I, I really like it. It's a very clean aesthetic. I'm pretty sure it's glass stick okay. on the yeah, back. That makes sense. To use Samsung's yeah. own terminology to so just high quality polycarbonate plastic. Um, I think there is a metal frame. Uh, they didn't mention anything about that, but all the rumors had said it was metal framed. So we got our hands on the device, which shouldn't be too long uh, from now. Um, but yeah, overall, I think it's, it's uh, they're good devices. The price points seem pretty solid. I'm intrigued to see um, what the competition is going to do. I think the Chinese brands really are the ones who are going to give Samsung the most grief in that space 
right now. Like I said, like that Realme phone from last year, yeah. technically. And then we've also got the Realme 8 series like around the corner, which are probably going to be in the same space as well. Um, so, yeah, there's there's a lot of interesting devices on the horizon that could give these devices cause for concern. The reason the A52 of all of them is the most important is that last year, the A51 was one of Samsung's best selling, one of, sorry, the best selling phones internationally. Um, beaten out only by the iPhone 11, which had been on sale for like three months prior to the the A51 even hitting yeah. the market. So yeah, there, there's a lot of uh, a lot riding on the A52 being a success more than you might think, considering most people are focused on the flagship stuff. Yeah. I think what's really interesting to me with this line is the way they've handled 5G, because I honestly would have predicted 5G across the board from Samsung for phones in in this. 400 500 pound price range where we're probably mid-range you know we've seen obviously you can still get lots of 200 pound 300 pound devices without 5g but this mid-range space i really would have expected 5g on everything pretty much um Mm. at least coming from a uk market perspective so i do find interesting i think it's telling we're not getting the a52 4g um but i'm really surprised there's no 5g a72 because i can totally see people looking and being yeah. like well higher number that'll be better but wait it doesn't do 5g and at that point it feels yeah, like an odd for the uk last year when you know i feel like 5g is still kind of gaining momentum but it is definitely spun up now versus last year it was still a little bit kind of hit and miss and that's why you know even the a51 last year the 5g version came out a few months yep. later this is the first time they're launching two versions of the same device with that 5G or non 5G at the same time within the A series. Um, it does seem odd that in the A32. Yeah, it does seem odd to have the 72 at 20 quid more, but you lose 5G and you lose 30 hertz refresh rate as well. Yeah, like, yeah, it's odd. Yeah, but you gain the zoom, the zoom yeah. lens, so and and a bigger battery. So yeah, it's it's it is an odd one. They've met, kind of overcomplicated yeah. it, but then. I can only assume that is explicitly a market research decision. I'm sure, yeah. That is driven like people are going to buy that they'll be willing to hit that 400 pound price point and get 5G. If you push them past 400, they're not as fussed about things like 5G. That's one of the things that must be first to go. I yeah. assume just based on what we're seeing with this release. And obviously, we know 5G seems really strong though. Like that, that will sell a lot. Like the 51 did, I reckon. It does, yeah, yeah. 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 Again, it's all it's all markets, right? Because uh, like I said, for for the UK, it feels weird to spend four hundred pounds on a four G phone right now. I would say I wouldn't really recommend that to anyone. But we know five G sort of um, signal coverage and availability and stuff like that is is behind in other markets and different countries are at different points in that process. So I can kind of see why why they still feel the need to have at least an A fifty two with four G. I guess I'm just confused that the a72 doesn't have the 5g option and there's still a little bit of me wondering if in two months we're going to see the a72 5g rock up um it's worth saying we've the last day or two has seen a lot of flurry of rumors about samsung's release pipeline for this year sparked partly by that earning call by the discussion about the note not happening um but we've seen uh speculation today i think from evan blast but i might be getting mixed up um, that we're going to yes EV leaks that's happening. yeah so that there's EV leaks yeah. and then also a separate Sam mobile piece um, with different yeah. predictions they both claim to have leaked timelines and they both were different um, which throws things into a little bit of confusion um, but one of them I can't remember which did say there's an A82 and an A22 on the way this year um, over the summer. Um, the main the main difference was one of them thought the S twenty one FE was an August launch, and the other one said S twenty one FE is a Q four launch. So um, that's quite quite a disparity at several months off. <laughs> the, the way I've threaded that is like maybe it's like a really delayed release. Like that was like yeah, that's guess. the only way that would work. August. I mean, they've done that as you said. The A thirty two was announced a couple of months ago, but not actually officially yeah. available un- until hitting the market until now. So we'll see. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I, we've often been a bit hesitant about Samsung mid-ranges because they, as you said, Tully, they, they've just got so much competition, particularly from the Chinese OEMs. And nine times out of ten, you're kind of saying, this is a capable phone, but for the same price, you'll get a lot more from Oppo or, or, or OnePlus or Realme um, or, or equivalently, you know, you could get these same specs by spending £100 less. 
I think they're still going to get stung by that on 5G, at, at least here for, for the at 72 because I think a lot of people will look at that and say, I can definitely get a 5G phone for that price. I can get a 5G phone for half that price. Um, but for the people who don't care, they, these look more compelling than normal, maybe, from the Samsung mid-range segment. Yeah, I, I think where Samsung can pull out ahead of, of like even slightly more affordable alternatives will be with the camera performance. Mm-hmm. Um, that versatility is pretty good. Having OIS at the mid range at that price is that pretty is promising. True. Like if it if it lives up to the hype, that's really cool. Um, because that just isn't usually found in most devices like below five hundred quid. Yeah. Um, the, the big question for them yeah, is whether and, people and, and the user experience. Um, the question for them on the camera side is whether that gets across to consumers. Because if you look at them in you know on yeah. on paper, you'll see very similar camera specs. You know, megapixel counts, higher megapixel counts on cheaper phones, and all of that. Same number of lenses. It's whether they can really communicate, you know, this phone actually delivers and that the Samsung, you know, performance is really there. Um, just turning to a few few of the, the comments in the live chat before before we move on. Uh, Alex points <laughs> out that there's, some, there's some big stuff to cover. <laughs> Alex points out uh, four years of security updates, which is a good point. This was a recent Samsung announcement. They're going to do four years of security updates for their phones going forward. Um, and that is That's something huge. you will not get from a lot of other manufacturers, especially getting into that mid-range space. As price drops, mm-hmm. update reliability does tend to drop correspondingly. Um, <laughs> so the idea that you could spend £400 and get a phone that will actually last you four years and in a secure way, that is a big selling point, and I wouldn't be surprised if we see them really, really push that in the marketing. Um, George has pointed out IP67. Do they have an IP67 rating? Yeah, yeah, that is one I, I thought about earlier and then I forgot <laughs> to mention. But yeah, it's uh, a me- that's a meter of fresh water yeah. for 30 minutes. And that is... Uh, they're happy to just... That is, again, there. very solid for a mid-range phone. Happy. There's... <laughs> <laughs> you don't, you don't, you know, you can still get a flagship that doesn't have an IP rating or, or not an IP rating as high as yeah. 67. So again, that's very, very good for the price. Um, and uh, finally, to address speculation that I skate, I promise you... I do not skate. I, I don't have a hand or a coordination. I can't even ride a bike. Um, I wouldn't go near a skateboard. What? I do have a skateboard. I got one for my oh, birthday. Go. I got one for my birthday Chris, last year. Chris Chris skates with his squad, nice. but it's like a um, it's a hipster but... longboard, not not like half pipe. Oh, of course Ooh. it is. Do you, do you take the dog with you? Do you go on like longboard walks with Scout. Oh nice. Nah, she's too scared for things like that. <laughs> <laughs> she can't be one of those viral videos yeah, with the dog no. skateboarding. That's. I mean, she's, <laughs> not, she's not scared of the skateboard. She's scared of other dogs. So I, yeah. <laughs> we'll put her on the skateboard. of the world moving around the skateboard. I think she can <laughs> run faster than my skateboard. Uh, ah. Well, look, look out for that 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 test on the uh, Tech and Tech YouTube channel coming up. Be, um, my 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 video samples in the future will all be her skateboarding. Yeah, yeah. Sl- slimo videos of scouts. Like yet another reason. Uh, let's yet another reason why we should start a, a TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> let's move on from Samsung to uh, our second main topic of today, which is the Redmi Note 10 Pro. Uh, Chris has been reviewing the Note 10 Pro, and that's why he's joined us today, so he can chat about it. Uh, Xiaomi announced the Note, Redmi Note 10 range a few weeks ago now, um, but actually they're still rolling out slowly. We actually don't even have UK pricing for them yet. You can't buy them in the UK yet. I think maybe in some markets they are on sale now. I'm not I'm not positive. Chris may know more. But the Note 10 Pro is the top end of the, the Redmi Note 10 series at a whopping $279, so we are still firmly in affordable space. Um, but it actually pretty rivals those Samsung phones for a lot of specs, right, Chris? Yeah, it's, a, yeah, it's pretty similar learning about those um, just before we uh, went live. Um, it's the same 120 hertz AMOLED display, which is yeah pretty impressive for that price point. Um, mm. It's got a snapdragon 732g which is basically similar performance to the phones we've seen with the 765g like the pixel 4a uh, a few and others the, the nord. Um, that was yeah the nord that the, you know a lot of popular phones have had that chip but without 5g so it's a 4g phone um and that that's probably one of the major points you know of of this is like um dom you tested the poco x3 nfc which is yep. i mean that's even cheaper than this but same 
same Snapdragon, so without the five G. And um, also, and also Xiaomi. I mean, they're similar phones. This is kind of yeah, like taking the the Poco X three, and it's a little slimmer and lighter, I think, and probably a better camera. But otherwise, yeah, there's some similarities. Probably prettier to look at. Yeah, so you're yeah, jumping from the from, <laughs> from the Poco. You're jumping <laughs> from an LCD, aren't you, to AMOLED and 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 the oh, camera tech. Yep. So this, yeah, yep. the other headline feature other than the one twenty. AMOLED is the 108 megapixel main sensor. Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously that's, again, that's pretty impressive for a sub $300 price point. Um, totally. we, we actually uh, know, uh, Tolly mentioned Realme earlier, but we know we're about to see Realme do the exact same yeah. thing next week with the yeah. Realme 8 Pro. Probably, well, around is the, the, around is the, the same using? Is the Xiaomi using, do we know which 108 megapixel sensor it's using? Oh, I couldn't tell you off the top of my head, actually. I, I can tell you it's right. not the I'll same one that's in the Mi 11, which won't surprise you, but is maybe worth highlighting because right. people might look and be like, oh, Xiaomi just released a phone with 108 mm-hmm. megapixel sensor, the flagship, it's the same thing. Um, I remember looking at when I covered the Note 10 launch that it is not the same sensor that's in the Mi 11. Um, it's a smaller sensor than the Mi 11 has. So, I mean, I reviewed the Mi 11, and Chris obviously has reviewed this, so we haven't directly been able to compare, but I, I would not expect the same camera performance. Uh, yeah, so then the other cameras, you've got 8 megapixel ultra wide, um, you've got a 5 megapixel tele macro, and then 2 megapixel depth sensor. Again, is it. heck is a tele macro? Like, it's... ultra macro. It's the same thing that again. Oh, so it's not like it can no. do both. It's just the same as the um, the Mi Eleven as well. Actually, that had a lens they called a tele macro. Right. I was never clear on what made it different to a macro, other than it was quite good and macros are normally terrible. Um, it took me a while to find it in the camera app. It, it is, I don't yes. understand why the macro modes are always. You know, you, you scroll along and hit more to see what all the other camera modes yeah. are available, and you've got all your night mode and mm. you know. Uh, time lapse and everything and i'm like where's the macro one and then eventually i found it in like the settings where you change the aspect ratio you turn the little you know third uh grid on to help you compose and stuff like, why is it in here like it's one yeah. of the four considering it's one, it of, the is, one of the four cameras on the back of the phone i have to say though um, i will always <laughs> take that over the one plus approach um which is that when it detects you're kind of close to something it just turns macro on and you yeah, can turn that off. You can tell it that's not bad, to do that but... in the settings, but by default it does. But that's the default. And so it? I, it's yeah. really frustrating because it, it it it's a further distance than what actually is where you'd want to use macros. So you're trying to take a photo with something, and it just suddenly goes, "Oh, don't worry, I've enabled macro for you." And you notice all like the image quality suddenly <laughs> going to the toilet, and you're like, Wait, "No, turn it off." So you, you're like moving the phone away to like point at something in the distance, then go back <laughs> quickly take a photo before it tries to turn macro mode on for you. Nice. Awful. It's relaxing photography experience. Just toggle <laughs> on the screen like you do for the wide and the zoom. I don't understand. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's actually a very good macro lens. Like I've I've complained about so many pointless macros on phones in the past, but this one's actually pretty good. But really? again, it's like, do I really want to take a really close up picture of the you know the tip of my pencil or like something? <laughs> I don't know. No. Yeah. Never really. <laughs> maybe if you're like, maybe if you're selling really small jewelry on Etsy or something, I don't, I don't, <laughs> seems pretty niche. Jewelry um, for dolls. For... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean it's the same kind of comment I made when we talked about the Oppo, the Find X3 Pro, right? Which doesn't have a macro, but it's got that that microscopic, the micro lens. You know, yeah. very cool, very fun to play around with. I think everyone who gets the phone for the first time will, will turn that mode on. And similarly, people who get this might go like, oh, the macro is actually good. Look, I can actually take a nice photo of something. But, you know, every now and then it's nice for a photo of a flower or something. But otherwise, macro modes, are, I think most people don't, don't touch them a lot. Can I ask, since the last episode, Dom, how much have you used the Oppo's microscope camera? <laughs> I mean, well, not at all. But in fairness, I'm not using the Oppo as my <laughs> phone anymore. Uh, so, <laughs> well, <laughs> because I'm I'm reviewing something else. That I, uh, so, I but yeah, if I had it, I I can't believe I would have used it again. Again, I mean, maybe you, once or twice. You... <laughs> maybe that that one or you know one or two things you go. Oh, I wonder what that looks like under the microscope. But you only have so many cushions you can take, like you know, microscopic yeah. pictures of fabric. <laughs> the, other, the other thing is, anyone who follows me on Instagram knows that ninety percent of my photos are of food. 
and it's no use for food because you've got to smush the lens right up into whatever you're photographing. So you're going to come away with a camera lens like covered in pasta sauce. Le Monde on your oppo. Uh, There are quite a lot of other little spec things that people tend to like on phones. Like the the Redmi Note 10 Pro does have a headphone jack. It's got stereo speakers. It's even got an IR blaster, which I haven't seen in feels like maybe five years. Um, Yes. (laughs) <laughs> and it's funny how six... it's always those little things that appear in the budget models and you never yeah. see an ir blaster in a flagship anymore but the 300 pound phones they always just chuck an ir blaster in did they just buy, buy too many and they're like maybe got to use up this stock i used to quite like them in phones but yeah they, i didn't yeah. i didn't use I, I think they're great still i've never once mm. used one in a phone really? I, I bought a samsung in kind of in 2012 i think it was and it had an ir blaster it was the first time i'd ever had one and i sat in the pub in the grand national and i turned the tv <laughs> off as the horses crossed the line <laughs> you evil man that is genius oh <laughs> what can i say it was, i mean i thought it was hilarious everyone else was furious but i thought it was great did you so make it i'm always I'm, I'm always gonna be a fan did you make it out of that pub in tacos <laughs> I just, I walked out, you know, I just picked up my food and I just kind of shuffled off to the side <laughs> out of the way and then just left. I'm going to go. They'd have no idea it was you, would they? Pretend to look angry. No, this yeah. is it. I just looked like I was on my like phone. The so they're just is. oblivious. Um, so, Chris, I know we were talking before you published your written review on the site and there was a little bit of yeah. and ahhing about scoring this because you were on the fence about giving it five stars and you ended up not. You gave it four and a half stars out of five. So just like it might be useful, as we've talked all about what's good, we've gestured a part of this, but what what was it that just tipped it not quite into being a five-star phone? Yeah, well, I think if it was just the lack of 5G, I think would have been understandable for $279. Obviously, we expect the UK price to be similar. Probably would have just gone, yeah, full marks is, you know, is what it is. It's doing, it is the phone it wants to be. But... Mm-hmm. Now, especially now the, the Samsungs have been announced, the lack of OIS was quite a big deal for me because while the camera is good and you can shoot in the full 108 megapixels if you want to, um, and performance is very good in nice lighting, it's not so good, you know, indoors when you haven't got nice, you know, natural light. Uh, the night mode not particularly good, uh, especially because I normally use a Pixel 4a 5G, and you know we all know the Pixels uh, are amazing at night mode. Um, it also the design is like it. I know most phones are quite big like this these days, but the camera bump is so big it has two levels. It, it, it like steps up. Wow. It, it steps up from the back of the phone to like the. <laughs> The flash and the sensors then it steps up again to the um to the actual lenses and if you put it on a desk i use my phone while it's sat on the desk like next to my keyboard a lot and it like it's like a table that's got a short leg like it just rocks like <laughs> mad madly bad uh, so it's I, almost unusable on... unless you pick it up Right, I'm a fan of the tiered modules, but then I don't really use my phone lying down on the table very yeah. often. So maybe maybe that's it, a, affects it in a way I haven't really. But like the Vivo phones um, last year, the Vivo X50 series had those those t- stepped camera modules, and I thought they looked great. It looks it looks nice. It, um, it just unusable for me how I use my phone quite a lot. Um, yeah. And then the last point is MIUI, which just isn't. It still just isn't as good as so many others um it's a bit too sort of in your face colorful bit childlike it's just sort of too much going on um i mean obviously I find it it's android you can tweak of, a lot of stuff yeah it's powerful but i find it confusing often i'll be it's one of the rare phone uis where i always have to search in the settings because if I'm browsing the settings, things just won't be where I think they're going to be. So I find myself using the yeah. search tool instead because I know that I'll be there for five minutes ducking in and out of setting sections trying to find what I want. Exactly. It was like just a lot of the default stuff. Like As as the phone comes out of the box, a lot of the stuff I wanted to change and just like oddly hard to figure out how to change them. Like this weird message coming up telling me to expect something amazing to happen 
<laughs> instead of showing me my notifications like, I, don't, I just couldn't turn it off for like days like, yeah. um, and then eventually <laughs> found it in the settings like, so yeah that, that that's the other thing that stopped it getting the full five yeah i personally am kind of of the view that the software experience is important enough that until me ui gets better um for me a xiaomi phone couldn't really get five stars unless everything else was perfect and the only problem i had with it yeah. was the software because it's always just feels like enough of a compromise to me that i i you know i loved the mi 11 hardware in a lot of ways um but it just it was a relief to move from it to the to the oppo because color os and color os i used to hate but color os felt like such a step up from me ui um that it was a relief coming off the mi 11 and that's such a shame when when they've nailed the hardware design and going back to the the A series phones from earlier, that's you know one of the reasons I think like they would still have yeah. an edge in in most Western markets at least is even the One UI is a heavy handed skin versus stock Android. Um, at a base level, it's easier to understand than yeah. MIUI, and you know at the other end of the scale, most Western users will probably have had more contact with One UI in one of its previous iterations than they would have of you know Color OS, MIUI, Emotion UI, any of those. So yeah, it's just it's just going to be a more approachable experience yep. for most people, and and that is enough of a reason to recommend it over. There's a, there's a fami familiarity factor to it that helps a lot. Mm. Um, cool, yeah. So the the Redmi Note 10 Pro isn't actually on sale yet in the UK. Um, I think Xiaomi said April was when it would actually um, properly fully be be on the store shelves. Um, so look out for, for that and final pricing information for, for more markets uh, beyond just those dollar prices. But definitely look someone to watch. There are other phones in the range as well. We've only reviewed the Pros so far, but we actually have a review of the regular model in, in process at the moment that will be on our site soon. Uh, and there are another two in the range as well. I can't remember. I think there's a 10S and yeah, a well, 10 5G. We're not actually getting the regular officially. Um then the others are the 10s and the 10 5g and they're both yep. cheaper um cool okay so final segment of the day uh launches um which obviously we're in the mess of phone launch season right now and there's just launches left right and center but this week in particular it's felt like a week to talk about them um it, because <laughs> they're a bit all over the place uh, especially once you just factor in the way leakers now build into the run-up to a launch and affect the way a launch actually happens. Um, and there's kind of three examples I wanted to run through quickly at the head of this, and then we'll, we'll, we'll sort of talk through what they mean for the industry and for launches going forward. First up is what we've already talked about, the Galaxy A52 and A72 launch, which I, a couple months ago we saw the designs of these phones. Um, Evan Blass has been leaking specs and designs uh since the beginning of the year, basically. Uh, and then the day or two days before the launch event, he actually just dropped all of the marketing assets on his voice. Um, so not just images yeah. of the phone, but like all the banners that Samsung was going to put on its website and all of the ads it was using and the marketing copy, like absolutely everything. We knew everything there was to know about these phones. Samsung's response to that was to not have a response. It acted like nothing had been leaked. It didn't say anything about the phones in the run-up to launch. I don't think it even confirmed it was launching the A52 and A72. It just said it had a Galaxy Awesome Unpacked event and phones were going to be there. Um, so just kind of head in the sand. There are no leaks. There are no leaks. This is all a surprise. Get to the day, announce it all, and pretend it's new information and that it's not all out there already. Uh, second, we don't have this event next yet, but next week, OnePlus 9 series. We've obviously talked about that a fair bit on the show so far. Again, this has been launched, leaked to Oblivion, like especially the regular 9 and 9 Pro. We have known almost every spec. Uh, we've had the design. There was the Hasselblad camera collaboration. That got leaked a while ago with um, the, the phone, the images of a phone that got sent to Dave 2D. There was the regular OnePlus 9 that actually turned up on eBay or wherever it was and, uh, you know, a prototype model that someone was actually trying to flog. <laughs> all of this was out there. And then the funny response OnePlus has to this is just to announce it all ahead of the launch. So this week, you know, OnePlus has shown off images of the 9 and the 9 Pro. It's confirmed the processor. It's confirmed the camera modules. It's confirmed charging speeds, both wired and wireless today. Um, and all sorts of other little specs along the way that it's just Pete Lau or the official OnePlus Twitter account have just kind of casually thrown out there or given to some tech publication as an exclusive. So at the moment, there's almost nothing left for OnePlus to announce because 
they have announced it all. Uh, and then the final in the set of three is Apple. Um, several leak leakers, but most notably John Prosser, uh, swore blind that next Tuesday, the same day as the OnePlus event, there was going to be an Apple launch event. Uh, not for iPhones, obviously, but for, for a sort of range of other products. I think AirTags were finally meant to make their, their long-awaited appearance, a new iPad, stuff like that. Um, then, <laughs> in sort of a big mea culpa, John Prosser had to say, okay, no, uh, that event isn't happening then. And it's not because it's been delayed. It's in fact that there was never a March event. It was always an April event, mm -hmm. and someone in Apple was feeding him and other people dodgy information. At which point you begin to look and say one or two things is going on internally at Apple. Either they know who is feeding information to Prosser and they're purposefully giving him bad information to discredit him so that he'll very confidently claim things that turn out to not be true. Or two, they're trying to find out who's leaking things to Prosser and they're doing that cool spy movie thing where you tell everyone in the company a different date and see which one turns up on the internet. And, you know, someone in Apple is about I've to lose watching... their job. This week I've started watching Line of Duty, which is a cop drama, and this actual situation <laughs> yeah. happened in like last night's episode. And I was like, oh my god, it's the same thing. <laughs> so excited. And yeah, one of those two things is going on. And again, so this is the interesting Apple response to this is basically, okay, everything's going to get leaked, but we're going to try and discredit the leakers, essentially. We're going to try and make leaks suck so that you don't know anymore. When Process says there's an event happening, you're always going to be like, is there an event happening? He says this product's launching. I don't know. He was wrong last time. So there's still that element of doubt when you get to the day. Like, okay, what's actually being announced? Because the leaks were only 50% right last time. Um, what do you guys think of those kind of three approaches? Ignore it and just launch as if nothing's happened. Uh, acknowledge the leaks, but by just admitting everything's true ahead of your launch event, so you've got nothing left to say on the day. Or just, like, bullishly taking the fight to the leakers uh, and trying to beat them in their own game. Which seems like the smartest approach. I don't know if this is a variation on number two there, but there's also LG's approach where there's been no leaks. No one's talking about the phone, but they send out a press release before they launch the phone anyway. They're just like, oh, by the way, here's the phone that we don't have on sale yet and won't be launching it, but it's here. Here's a press release with all the key information. It's like, oh, okay, thanks. Didn't ask for that, but thanks. But yeah, yes, no, um, uh, I mean, for me, the, the OnePlus um, strategy is really annoying because for me you know uh personally i i look forward to these events i like seeing you know i like seeing them on stage for the first time and that first video that you, you know first time you see the phone it's like oh because that's what you get at the apple events a lot of the time you know you haven't really seen what well, i don't tend to look at a lot of the leaks and stuff like that so when i get to the event it's like oh yeah this is exciting and you don't get that with oneplus anymore about anything it's kind of like looking at your presents before christmas mm -hmm. you know you know what's coming on christmas day it's just it's just a bit boring they're, they're not Why? just like shaking the present they're kind of like peeling off one side no. of the wrapping paper and letting you look and then plastering it's like, it well i know what it is now <laughs> <laughs> i feel like this whole process is about managing hype and how much the brands care about managing that hype mm -hmm. um one plus because it, it it built its brand out of this kind of tech enthusiast community where that has always been part of the culture i think that's why they nowadays they lean into it they, they kind of almost embrace the leaks and then they they own them and they're like yep this is the thing that you heard about it's for real um, you know, they've even gone so far this year as I'm pretty sure MKBHD, Marquis Brownlee has a kind of shielded device that is basically yep. a OnePlus 9 or 9 Pro with the camera system. Yep. And he's already got the camera system to test. Like he's posted that on he social. That's out there. We don't know what the phone looks yep. like. But he was given there. the phone and allowed to post a video about the camera stuff, but just told you can't turn the phone around. So, you know, people can't see <laughs> yeah. the yeah. design. <laughs> pretty much. But then the they video. showed it to us anyway. <laughs> I will exactly. Yeah. <laughs> It is weird, like, all these different approaches. I mean, I think OnePlus is... They've done stuff like this in the past where they've said, yeah, our next phone's getting 120 hertz. Yeah, we're doing this. But never to... I don't think to this extent where they've just tweeted, like, here's four images of, like, one of the colors. Yeah. Like, from all angles. Yeah, like, I feel like they usually, like, talk specs yeah. more than they, like, show the yeah, phone Yeah, it's off. more like... Whereas this year, they're like... Yeah, it's it more like pinpoint, like, the camera... Like, one piece of camera text is going to be this. The screen text is going to be this. Like, and then there's still quite a lot yeah. of, like, okay, but what what's it going to look like? What, what are the other things going to be? Like, all, all we need to know now is, like, what day is it coming out and how much does it cost? 
which just yeah. seems What's weird. What's the name of the color? Like, yeah. like you say, that's like oh. LG has done in the past where they've said, yeah, we're launching the G whatever, six next week. Yeah, <laughs> whatever. sure, whatever. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I agree with Apple, uh, with uh, with Lewis about Apple. It, it, I'd rather have the excitement, although I suppose we're coming at it, we're coming at it from a pretty niche uh, point of view because we're having to cover this stuff so it's actually very useful to know all this stuff in advance because we can get all of our work done and don't have to panic <laughs> to try and write everything but so I'd, I'd be quite interested <laughs> to see what the viewers think whether they you know whether they watch these events and does it does this take all the fun out of watching them like like Lewis said yeah I mean someone made the interesting point on our company slack earlier when I was talking about this um that as always with this stuff Apple can behave differently because it's in a different position in the industry, which is that it doesn't need coverage. So it can like <laughs> pick fights with leakers and try and stop them leaking and discredit the leaks because it doesn't need leaks to get coverage of its products. It knows people will talk about them anyway. It knows people will be excited about them anyway. And it knows people will cover the launch event anyway. Whereas there might be an element to which some other companies, and to be fair, I wouldn't put Samsung in this bucket, but OnePlus maybe and, and some others might enjoy having their stuff leaked. And I'm not suggesting they do it intentionally because I think that idea of sort of leaks being fed to leakers on purpose is is probably not true, um, or at least not often. But they might enjoy the fact that it actually gives them a steady run of coverage in the run-up to their phone's launch, whereas otherwise they might just get people saying, you know, just the, the, the single pockets of, of tech media coverage of they've announced a launch date, here's when the launch date is, here's the phone. And otherwise, you just wouldn't say anything. Whereas if there's a steady stream of leakers getting these little tidbits out, then there's, you know, it keeps you in the news cycle in a way that Apple just will be no matter what. I think that's definitely what a lot of them are doing, especially with the official announcements like OnePlus saying, yeah, we're doing this Hasselblad thing. We're, mm. we're pushing 120 hertz when that was, you know, the new thing they want constant news coverage they want their name to be coming up on on all the big tech sites regularly yep. whereas like you say if if they hold everything back all the news is is oneplus are having a launch event and then here's what they launched you get yep. sort of two bits of coverage whereas if you drip feed all this stuff you get so almost exponentially more pieces of coverage which for mm -hmm. them is is good the downside of that is that coverage never breaks through in the same way that there's a sort of wave of excitement on an Apple launch day. And again, Apple are in a different space where they can get front page newspaper coverage when they announce a phone and, and even Samsung isn't, isn't likely to get that. Um, but even so, you know, on an Apple event launch day, that coverage is everywhere and everyone is, you know, you, even people who aren't following tech will see it break into their social media feeds and stuff like that. And that is partly because all the people who are in tech, are excitedly responding to it and sharing it because it's new and it's exciting and it's stuff they didn't know for sure until that moment. Whereas you'll see, you know, I reckon you'll just see on OnePlus on the OnePlus Nine launch day that most people who are following tech don't really react to it because they knew it all already. Nothing they find out that day is new and exciting. They don't share the stuff on social media. They don't tweet and retweet um, and and put stuff on Instagram because it's not new to them. And as a result, it doesn't break out of that tech bubble. Because none of the social media, um, you know, algorithms see this as this huge break, breaking story, right? I suppose they're basically the, choosing the... between something like you say, like a, a crescendo of trending news in one go, or just sort of constant low-level sort of mumblings, if you like. Mm -hmm. And maybe, maybe if they feel like they can't achieve that Apple wave, maybe they just think, well let's do it this other way instead yeah uh, we have had alex in the comments saying i think that he broadly agrees with what we're saying is that he prefers to have barely <clears throat> barely any info and that it'll get announced um mm -hmm. at the event and and you get the kind of get rumors in advance inevitably there will be rumors and leaks but part of at least you still have that thing on the day of which rumors are the true rumors and which ones are the false ones? And I'm I'm curious to see, you know, there's contradictions and I don't know which one's going to turn out, turn out to be correct. Um, and Do you know, yeah, I was just thinking about the, uh, the, the PlayStation reveal, like that was huge because nobody knew what it was going to look like before yeah. they played that video really. 
and and that had such a huge thing afterwards because yeah everyone's like what is this mm. like we have never seen anything quite like this before um yeah and and you still Just see it, it secrets in art school and stuff in america <laughs> Every time there's a Nintendo Direct event or something, there's huge waves of speculation beforehand about what games they're going to announce, and 90% of it is wrong. Um, and you just get pockets of genuine leaks that come through, but it's nothing like that. And and I sorry, think, yeah, you go. I was just going to say, I think that's just because 90% of it is Zelda. Yeah, 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 like, yeah. People just hoping it's Breath of the Wild. Too. It's like, no, it's still not yet. <laughs> yes, there is sometimes. Enough. Sorry, and then that's that. the flip side. You can get this overhype. Um, and the letdown when it turns out to be not the case, and you can get you know the, that last yeah. Nintendo Direct, there was a backlash afterwards, and every, and the 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 framing of that was that was a disappointment because they didn't announce the thing that they never said they were going to announce, um, but because everyone hoped they would, it becomes a failure on Nintendo's part to not do it. Um, at least the sort of people like OnePlus are. are insulated from that because we know what they're going to announce and they're not going to announce so no one's no one's disappointed but no one's excited either um which to, to me doesn't feel like where you want your brand to be on launch day that no one's really excited by it personally i feel the the, the ones where you are more excited and like the anticipate the anticipation's higher to find out what it is i feel mm. like when when those products are revealed i feel more of an urge to to want them to buy them yeah compared mm -hmm. compared to just like the drip feed you know this mm -hmm. is what's coming bit by bit like and of course part of the blame inevitably has to fall not on the companies but on the leakers and on us for always you know reporting on those leaks and 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 sharing them out and there is you know this little industry that's popped up around breaking this stuff and 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 covering it um, and, you know, we talked about gaming as a comparison. That does happen in video games, but for whatever reason, there seems to be fewer successful leakers. There's a lot less accuracy, and it's often a lot more short notice. Like, people go, oh, tomorrow this is going to happen. Um, but it's much rarer, I think, to get this kind of, oh, here's everything you need to know about a phone that's being announced in three months' time. Um, part of that is about the physicality of manufacturing pipelines, right? You have, you know, um, actual factories where things are being built and people who work on them or can get into them and, and see what's going on. Um, but there is a, you know, a legit question about what, what, what leakers are doing, why they're doing it and, and should, should they do it? That, you know, is that a service, um, you know, leaking company secrets? I mean, there's been an increase in the number of like leakers and tipsters who've kind of made a name for themselves. So there is obviously like kind of a value in it. Um, uh, I don't know if this this converts to to sales directly, but one kind of uh, thing that companies can do to kind of keep the hype going, if there have been a lot of leaks, is to ensure that the launch event is actually. I, I mean, namely, I think it manifests as the launch event is hosted or presented in an interesting way. That's like a way around just it being a very dull event. Um, what actually sprung to mind was, you know, even if I knew all about the next iPhone back when Steve Jobs was presenting it, like, the, you know, the, the, the term reality distortion field came from his presentation to in that mm. context um, because it was always exciting to listen to him talk about it in the way he perceived it or the way he wanted you to perceive it. Um, and it's the same with, you know, in a very techie, geeky uh, way. Obviously, not mo most consumers probably don't know about Johnny Shee at Asus and the way he presents this kind of, like, exuberant character mm. I think that character can certainly help get people excited about a product, um, especially the ones who are already kind of invested in the brand at the very least. So that is maybe one way that that some brands can sidestep or, or at least inject new vigor into hype around a device that has already leaked extensively. I mean, the, but that obviously only appeals to a very specific subset of, of fans of the brand. The, the dangerous end game there is what we saw with the uh, the Redmi Note 10 launch, I think it was, with the uh, the Xiaomi fan sing-along song at the end of the presentation that I mentioned. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> Which was also a unique way to hold a launch event, but it was absolutely, absolutely awful. I, I said exciting. <laughs> at, 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 at least the OnePlus 9 one isn't like AR or whatever they tried to do recently That's last right, year yeah. that just didn't work did it i mean fair play for the they did a vr one back with the one plus three as well yeah. yeah 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 ambitious um yeah i mean i think you're right trying to trying to do something different on on launch day i wonder whether we'll see a swing back towards like more 
you know, celebrity spokespeople and things like that, again, as a way of like jazzing up launch events. Uh, you know, I'm not condoning it, but I, I, it's only a matter of time before we see the first phone brand give it a go, right? And and bring some B-list movie star on stage to talk about how much they love taking photos oh, with the Realme 10 Pro or whatever. Who are you thinking of when you all, when Dom just said that, Who did which celebrity endorsement did you all think of? Because I have one immediately. Go on, I don't. I didn't. I've got to admit, I didn't in my head. I can't think of his name. It was. Oh, okay. But it was. It was the guy. It was. It was a Huawei collaboration. I'm pretty sure it was. Um, Oh, what was his name? He did Assassin's Creed. I think he did. Michael Fassbender. Oh, um, wasn't it? Was it Fassbender? He was in the Assassin's Creed film. Well, yeah. This might be the same thing. I'm thinking of uh, the P9 launch, which they did in London, which is like was unusual at the time. It was it was Henry Cavill. Oh really? Sorry, yes, yeah. that's the yeah, that's who Superman. I was thinking of. Yeah, uh, yeah. Never have I seen a celebrity less interested in being on a stage talking about oh, but something. Henry Cavill's not like, interested. My in God, anything. it was cringe. So, yeah, I didn't me- realize you meant previous ones like from the mm. past. Yeah, I I was there. That was that was oh, not like yeah, that up, was hilarious. Yeah. I mean, there's so you, many we could talk yeah. about. <laughs> so the, the one, it wasn't a phone. Like Scarlett Johansson was like the the other brand ambassador but she'd cleverly just been in like a video clip that they played and was not oh, at the better. event so she kind of he got the short straw uh, not for a phone i don't think but the one that actually that always pops into my head is the infamous michael bay one uh from i think it was yes. the ces a yeah. few years ago yeah. where he just you know basically threw Ooh. a tantrum and didn't do it on stage that was mad uh, he was off. supposed to talk about their tvs and they were like mm. yeah so so what do you think and it, he sort of read a few uh, he read like about a sentence off the teleprompter and then just went and, uh, and then just walked off stage. He's like, oh, I can't do this. And then yeah. just walked off, didn't he? Yeah. yeah. It was, was absolutely it the teleprompter mad. broke and he just wouldn't do it without the prompter. Like he would read the script uh, mate, as soon yeah. as the, the teleprompter yeah. broke and he didn't have a script. Yeah. The guy on stage was doing a pretty good job. Yeah. He was doing a pretty yeah. good job yeah. of like, he, I think he asked him some fairly relatively specific question like how, how do you think they make your films look really good or something? And he was just like, oh, no, no, I can't do this. <laughs> Uh, the colors <laughs> pixels uh, let's not hope, let's hope that is not the way uh we see the phone industry move but yeah. i definitely do think we are we are going to see shifts i think the, the the samsung approach of just pretending there have been no leaks cannot work forever uh and the oneplus approach of leaking everything is surely just going to lead to declining views on the day uh, unless they bring in mm. something else, I think I think the real trick is going to be to strike something in the middle, to acknowledge the leaks, to confirm one or two things, which again is what OnePlus used to do. I think they've just tipped too far this year. Maybe um, acknowledge a couple of core specs that have been leaked everywhere that you know you know will, will excite people, and then just be coy about which which leaks are real and which aren't, and if necessary, feed fake stuff out there so there's conflicting information, so that when it gets to the day, like there is a debate because people are looking at the leaks and they don't know which one's true because two leakers have different stuff and and you kind of wait to see which one which one plays out maybe uh, things would be mm. more exciting when uh, a physical launch events again but maybe that's more for us because we will be there but. yeah i mean the thing with yeah for, for the average person whether it's physical or not doesn't even make a difference yeah. does it um but we'll see. Um, so yeah, you know, in terms of those specific events we've spoken about, there will be a OnePlus launch next Tuesday. We do know everything that's coming now, pretty much. Um, with the exception of the 9R, we know it's called the 9R and we know it's going to India, but actually we don't know a lot else about that one. So that one they've somehow uh, kept mostly under their hat. Um, there have been a few spec leaks, but nothing really, really concrete. Um, and there will be an Apple event in April, maybe. Uh, <laughs> it depends how much you trust John Prosser. <laughs> Who <laughs> will be eyebrowless, uh, according to you know, he swore he would shave his eyebrows off if it didn't happen on March 23rd, and uh, it's looking increasingly likely that we'll see a bald faced John Prosser swearing blind that there's an April event this time. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll believe it when the invites go out. Uh, until then, uh, this has been Fast Charge, I've been your host, Dom. Uh, we will be back next week, of course, when I know there's gonna be a load of stuff to talk about, like I said, OnePlus. Uh, we have some OnePlus phones with us, I can say. We will be able to talk about those OnePlus phones this time next week, which is exciting. Um, but also the Realme 8 series, the Xiaomi Black Shark 4 will also have launched by then. The Moto G100 might have launched by then. Um, 
John Prosser might have turned out to be right all along and there might be an Apple event. I don't know. <laughs> uh, so it's going to be a busy show next week. So make sure to come back and check that out. We're going to have a lot to say. And until then, thank you and goodbye. Bye, guys. See Bye. ya.